Welcome to the World Architecture Festival podcast. This series features recordings from the live festival and WAF's virtual events. Hear from architects and commentators discussing the latest innovations and challenges within the industry. Subscribe to always receive the latest episodes and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at World ArcFest. It's my great pleasure to welcome to WAF Virtual Ben Van Berkel, who's been a great supporter of WAF uh, over the years. Um, and of course, through his practice, UN Studio, and then more recently, their research arm, uh, UN Sense, has been leading the charge in the way that architect, the research-based architecture uh, can move in fundamental new directions uh, in respect of both buildings uh, and urbanism. And Ben's going to talk to us today about um, a subject dear to the hearts of almost everybody who's been affected by COVID-19 one way or the other. Um, that is to say, how does one live uh, uh, in a healthy way uh, in interiors which are themselves uh, subject to external lockdown? Uh, what are the implications uh, for designers, not simply in the way that they themselves live, but for what they're designing uh, for our immediate and longer term futures. Ben, welcome. Paul, thank you so much. Nice to uh, see you again. Sorry that it is in this way, uh, but, um, but it's good that you um, guys invited me again and I'm happy uh, to, to talk to, um, to this audience in uh, in virtual means. So so let's start. I have only 40 minutes. I understood, and it's quite a uh, sensitive and um, yeah broad topic, uh, especially for today. Uh, what I will do is I I will talk about the interiors, but I I will talk more in the direction how we have to deal with. Uh, yeah, you could say or environment today or or indoor environments, better to say. And, and link it towards um, communities. So how to to work in in an environment where we feel that the physical and the digital maybe even can help us um, in 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 building up with each other with people uh, to be in a healthy environment. Um, so the the first thing I would like to discuss with you is. Um, and let me see, I have here also my notes. What I, what I, what I think is the most important is that, um, that I will chapter it in uh, three layers. I will talk about the, the different skills uh, of uh, how we can integrate uh, the interiors with, with what we call healthy design in our, um, in, in our sector or in also the studio here. I will also then uh, talk about the f flexibility, how we can integrate flexibility, especially uh, in the way how we today have to rethink the programs we work with in our interiors, but in our buildings as well, and uh, technology, as I explained. Um, but, but the most important aspect is, and uh, 
this is what we can see in the slide here is that that if we talk about especially in in a time where we are in right now that we that we talk about how important it is to to have this human contact we've noticed that we feel more isolated in a time like this we've we feel maybe more isolated since we deal so much with technology in our in our environment. Um, we have a tendency to, uh, to 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 move away with our technology towards um, uh, ourselves and and be so much um, connected to technology uh, or can be even addicted sometimes to technology that we. That we forget sometimes with 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 who we are connected. So um, this is an article of a uh, paper. Uh, it was the New York Times in March 2019. We talked about this uh, uh, topic. This, this was all uh, before the pandemic, and it uh, it talks about how uh, through the the digital we uh, should try to find other means and. And strategies of using technology to the to enhance uh, the analog uh, meeting again and 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 uh, human contact again, uh, whereby, as it is said in the argument, um, yeah, something we are uh, slowly losing uh, day by day, and and I would say that that, that is even uh, further. Um, Gone, gone in the wrong direction uh, of the last uh, uh, half year. But I come back to that topic later on. Um, so the future of interior design goes beyond aesthetics. I would like to say uh, it, it is a topic I, what interested me already for a long time, uh, as maybe Paul knows, but, but but maybe the audience knows as well. I've given several. TED uh, talks and other lectures on the, the or fascination with health, and it's not coming out of nowhere. I've been always uh, fascinated in architects who 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 were fascinated with the way how a human-centric approach could be uh, helping us to organize our environment from um, from Le Corbusier to to um, the situationists who were interested in one way or the other. About this topic, or uh, Tim Ten, uh, uh, Otto van Eyck, and, and Hetzberger, um, but but of course in the times when when uh, when one was talking about the integration and how we could deal with more healthy environments uh, in in that time, uh, we didn't have the technology and we didn't have the uh, ways to uh, test these ideas uh, in a proper manner, and and I. I must say that with the knowledge we have right now uh, around the, yeah, you could say the the idea around health is that we can chapter it all also in three layers. Uh, we can talk about social health, physical health, and mental health uh, in the built environment. And um, uh, what I would like to emphasize is that that within the research, the research I've done over the last years. Um, uh, especially at Harvard, uh, uh, we came to so many uh, interesting conclusions. Like, for instance, uh, you, you, we don't want to know how uh, uh, some of our indoor environments are quite 
unhealthy, I would like to say, and how they need to improve is uh, is an enormous enormous uh, urgency where we work at the moment quite hard on to to uh, improve these uh, indoor environments. But of course, uh, uh, it's 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 worse than our outdoor environment, you could say. But but the two are, in my opinion, interlinked. Um, healthy lifestyles are are of course introduced already for a while uh, but but how is it connected to it's the way how we live how how are we going to uh, deal with these topics within the urban areas over the next couple of years um, up to uh, 250 uh, sorry thousand uh, 2050 we will have up to 68 percent of our world population living in urban areas how do we make healthy communities is is another topic um so so to deal with um uh, these layers of health we um we have been uh, working a lot on how we can improve walkability for instance in, in our buildings how could we make sure that people take more the staircase how could you make sure that you could hide uh, the elevator how could you find ways to create conditions like with staircases where people can meet so that the staircases are not small but that they have a, a quite interesting uh, size where um, you can also sit on the staircase and have a chat with each other so social interaction uh, can go together with the, the, the way how we um, activate people in the built environment to move from one place to the other and we can do that in an uh, in a way whereby we can we can think about the way how uh, people by that can also improve their physical condition uh, on on many levels. But that's only one thing what we can do in order to uh, uh, create uh, better um, uh, uh, healthy environments. But it is also so that that it needs to be. Uh, so well organized in the buildings that you make it attractive that people move from one place to the other um, and as we have uh, shown in in many of the projects we have worked on and i will show a bit more later on uh, like for instance the mercedes-benz museum that was already uh, as we know in 2006 that we finished that building but that was all related to the way how we could avoid taking an elevator or too many um, convenient uh, uh, moves through the building uh, you could do it but you have to take the elevator to the top of the building and you could move down in order to see uh, the collection of the cars in the building and I, I will talk about it uh, later on um, but 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 of course it needs to be attractive how you uh, uh, are guided and and how you're directed towards these spaces. Uh, this is a an, um, an campus project in Singapore uh, where we, um, with the, the client, uh, talked a lot about how students here could exchange better knowledge, that, that the different uh, faculties would not be found in one building, but that the faculties uh, over uh, the different buildings would be uh, organized uh, and scattered over the different buildings so that people professors, visitors, and the students uh, would meet each other and, and openly could have a conversation about their latest research so that, again, knowledge 
could be exchanged. Um, but as you can see here also in the picture, uh, there is a lot of um, um, green around you. You're guided by a landscape. You, you, you are um, surrounded by a garden, you could say, <clears throat> in all these public spaces. Even when you're up on the third floor, on the fourth floor, you have all these uh, green spaces. And that's some beautiful regulation you can find in uh, Singapore, for instance. Uh, we, we can all talk about biophilia and, and bring these qualities into our buildings or around our buildings. But in, in Singapore, for instance, it, it is a regulation. Uh, when you have uh, a housing project there, you, you create balconies, then on the 50th floor, on the 60th floor, you have to have space on your balcony um, and a watering system what gives you the, the opportunity to to um, to to bring uh, plants onto your balcony because you need to have that water system there as as is set in the regulation. Um, <clears throat> but um, with with uh, the organization of that project, um, we um, looked also at the way how with the compartmentalization of the programs where public spaces could meet, uh, be meet and connected towards the crossing points of the urban plan of the project. Like on the corners of the buildings, you have there the library, uh, the, aud uh, the auditorium, uh, the cafes and the restaurants, so that in the crossing points of this plan, <clears throat> people could um, see where and how uh, people are gathering. And and, and there was a huge discussion here with uh, the client about campus models as we know them, as, as we all know, um, Cambridge, uh, <clears throat> not in England, but also in America, um, with Har the Harvard University there. All the buildings are uh, quite uh, well distributed over a, a beautiful landscape area, but the walking distance are quite, um, quite, quite um, far uh, from, from each other. Uh, uh, related to the faculties and the uh, and the library and all the functions you can find there, uh, so people are not only knowing where and how they meet who in this environment. And we said it would be much better to bring the buildings a bit closer towards each other, so that the community here can uh, get each other um, to know um, uh, much quicker and uh, and. And more comfortably than uh, than than in the standard campus model. <clears throat> so what we do here is to make sure that that if you want to hide or if you want to seclude yourself, then it is possible in this uh, <clears throat> in this campus. And we have to think here of a campus with um, um, an engineering uh, department, uh, architecture, product design, landscape design, all these different um, um, parts of the, the campus are mixed through this whole project in such a way that everyone can, can uh, meet in these different um, uh, hideaway workspaces but as you can see here also the restaurants are <clears throat> can to leave it out from the central part of the building in the open air so that you're out of the sun uh, but but you always get the cool wind uh, from uh, from the court uh, the courtyards
So the integrated approach of um, health and design is, is a key uh, aspect of the way how we approach our projects later, lately. And um, it's, it's dealing with the principle of making sure that um, you, 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 in the parameters of, of designing these uh, uh, projects, you, you think about the climate, you think about daylight, you think about the experience of where people move and go, um, that you have enough uh, opportunity to have communal spaces, as I said, um, so that, that the human health aspects uh, plays the central role in the way how you design um, then your projects. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so, so that's um, then a, an approach we, we um, lately use a lot to, to the way how we work with uh, housing projects, even with this campus project you will soon uh, see, um, see, uh, we'll see here. Um, we, we deal with this topic on a similar level. Uh, this is the, 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 the headquarters of uh, Booking.com in Amsterdam. It's uh, quite in the heart of the city center. It's next to the uh, train station area in, the, in, in, in Amsterdam. And, and uh, how difficult it might be at the moment for booking, they still are inventing uh, and reinventing them, themselves, luckily enough, they will come in this building. Um, still, all the Dutch uh, employees are being um, um, still here, uh, are prepared to come to this location. And and don't forget the, the 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 quite interesting thing of booking was that they didn't want to go to the outskirts of Amsterdam. They wanted to be connected to the public transport so that people would walk a lot, that they would not take too too much the car. Um, of course, you know that we in Amsterdam bicycle a lot, um, and and the opportunity to come to this location is quite fantastic because you walk along the water, you activate this part of the neighborhood, what is quite good because there are some parts of this neighborhood who are not so lively, but with a lot of restaurants and cafes on the ground floor and the and the and yeah the whole plinth area of the building, we will. Um, uh, not only activate the community of this campus project, it's in itself, but also the urban neighborhood. Um, uh, what, what is quite interesting with this project is that, that with a lot of daylight, we could bring in into the core of the building. And again, you see here this main staircase leading up to the central uh, plaza, as we call it. Uh, in the main building, you you connected the lower parts of the of the building where the restaurants and cafes are with the higher part of the building. And what what is good about it is that all the people working in this building they can go to the restaurants so that you can have an interaction between the people who come to these restaurants or cafes. And um, what, what is going to be interesting there is that 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 if you are a young startup person or you're sitting there with a team you you could intermingle with the people who work there so you you in a way you recruit through the interaction of exchanging knowledge and ideas in this splint area so so it's creating a, a, a community for for the neighborhood but also for anyone who's entrepreneurially spirited 
uh, and and wants to be part of this uh, startup world to be be in in this uh, uh, corner of um, the yeah this the side uh, where of where we are um but then not, not alone the building becomes for that reason a recruiting machine and, to, and that's a total different approach than then as we have seen it the building is highly human centrically uh, oriented uh, it's it's all about uh, creating here a healthy uh, um, uh, environment for for everyone who's going to work here uh, biophilic design, a lot of natural uh, daylight, as I mentioned, uh, thermal comfort, uh, a lot of movement. So even some of the rules we set it up in this building is that if you have a 15 minutes uh, meeting, then you have to also have uh, the opportunity to have a 15 minutes walk from one space to the other. And we all engineered around uh, this idea of how uh, the employees would walk around uh, this building and activate themselves while they move from one place to the other. So community building, the performance of not only the building itself, but also of people, uh, the topic of health and sustainability are all integrated in uh, this design. Um, and then you have to really understand that, that uh, that we here study everything that is already uh, in the air around health and build and the built environment, like we know from the well standards. But we, we of course, uh, as maybe you know us, we always try to reinvent ourselves on these levels because it's good to work with regulations. But you, I believe always that you need to also um, make sure that you keep uh, innovating. And, and come up with new ideas and hybridize some of these ideas between sustainability and, for instance, health and the way how one performs in the building. And that you can, in one way or the other, can, um, it, it can make the performance even better over the years while you are uh, in this building. Um, so designing your day was one of the, the, the first ideas we came up with when we talked to the client. Um, and it was quite interesting because you have to imagine uh, at the moment booking is working in almost 12 different buildings or even more in the center of uh, Amsterdam and now they come into one building and here the client was saying to us um, yeah how could we now work then how would our departments now be named how would we organize ourselves how would one um, yeah, be uh, having an, a particular kind of experience during the day. So, so how can we challenge people to to perform uh, not better, but particularly in a more interesting way that that people feel here as if they are at home, but that they also particularly love to come back to their home, you know, where they work. And this is actually, of course, the future of. Uh, the work environment, how to make an environment where you really feel that you are in a place where you're welcomed and where you feel that you are in a safe space, especially related to the, 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 the situation where we're in right now. Uh, and maybe if we in the future might be uh, for maybe 30 to 40 percent, even to 60 percent work from home, still the building where you are and where you exchange ideas and where you are socially interactive 
then then you'd like to be in an environment what is safe and and this is what we read now a bit more in in uh, the reports uh, about the, the difficult time where we are in with with our COVID period is that that of course not everyone likes to be at home. People feel isolated. People feel alone. And and the the topic of loneliness is is in in our built environment is in in Holland quite heavily discussed because for instance if you look at a city like Amsterdam. 60% of the people here live already alone. So that is quite a huge amount of people who are, of course, in need in having a bit more social interaction. And as we all know, if you have no social interaction in your in your in your life, then then that is not very healthy. It's that's even psychologically proven. Um, so we move further through the building. You you see, for instance, here that the balcony spaces are not just balconies where you walk, you can work there, you, you can meet your people when they pass by you. Um, and um, you, you can also see uh, that you, you're sitting here not in a yeah in an office environment. You, it's almost as if you sit in a uh, yeah, botanic garden, you could almost say. Um, and then on the roof, you can relax whenever you'd like to, uh, when you want to have um, lunch time. So uh, that is what we uh, did here. I, I think uh, uh, learning from other projects we did. I'm not going to go deeply into this building, but one of the things we have learned over the years is from this project is that um, that this was the first building where we used an air circulation system, but is uh, literally coming out of the hospital uh, techniques, uh, out of the operation room, uh, literally. Air is here uh, moving from the floor vertically up through the ceiling whereby um, air doesn't move from one person to the other. So no bacteria or any kind of uh, other forms of um, uh, illnesses can move from one person to the other. So uh, it's an air circulation system. Um, what is used in the operation room because you don't like to have bacteria moving around there. And uh, since we had used this uh, system um, when we when we did some uh, after uh, evaluation of the the users, um, what we discovered uh, three years after the building was opened, that here um, uh, we could uh, with this system reduce down close to a twenty percent sick leave. So, so it's not about only how you organize your building, how you bring people together through social health, but this is what I call the physical health. You can activate people, but also through building performances like better acoustics, better air systems, uh, better daylight, uh, you can improve also um, uh, indoor environments. So, so the linking skills are for us, very important, and I have to skip through this quite uh, quickly because otherwise I, I uh, will not uh, reach my time. But health in, in different skill levels are for us very important because even when our projects are quite large in scale, like this uh, project in Melbourne, where we used a lot of outdoor green um, and a lot of green also in the plinths, uh, we have discovered that 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 um, that if you if you are able to uh, bring in uh, biophilia um, social interactive spaces 
in in the in the programs and the projects we have used uh, before that that if you can make clients enthusiastic about um not only using this in in uh, let's say um yeah yeah let's say university buildings alone but but also in the office environments as i explained then then you can also connect it much better to the the city itself as i uh, already earlier uh, on explained so in the plint area we have a lot of cultural activities um housing projects are introducing a combination of hotels uh, but but the most important here is that that's from the small scale to the large scale and then i'm talking about the city the interiors and 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 the plint uh, activity on 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 this uh, project is creating an integral uh, strategy towards uh, um, the way how we in a parametric model work on all these different uh, health models um, um, but let me skip to to the project i mentioned the mercedes-benz building um, there we enthusiastically talked a lot to the client about that the mercedes-benz building should not be um, an, uh, an an project what should purely be based on commercial uh, brand values alone what you communicate but that it should also have a cultural link maybe we all know this uh, helicopter hanging in the museum of modern art i i i brought a client to uh, this uh, museum and 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 said that if a helicopter like this helicopter um could be seen as an as an artwork while it is a product uh, design, it's an, um, coming out of the history of the design section. Uh, design, sorry, the design section of the um, uh, the museum. If this could be a uh, cultural object, why could not be the car be seen as a cultural object? Uh, so, so literally, we 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 designed the building not as a showroom because that was the first ambition, but we designed it as a museum uh, where. A walkability and the experience through, while walking through the museum was all together going together with the experience of the history and and the telling of the story of the history of the car so so there are ways how you can activate people but also activate clients in a way to make them enthusiastic to stimulate walkability stimulate active uh, design but in this case uh, combine it even with active seatings this this was uh, actually a sofa we designed for for mercedes but then luckily enough when we did this with uh, walter knoll for instance they they moved it up to um to a product what is uh, now for sale as a product for large-scale um meeting spaces and, and as you can see here if you have uh, i don't know if you have uh, anyone in the audience have 24 kids but probably not but but then you can also with each other sit in this one sofa but but in different uh, ways as you can see sorry i go back to this slide as you can see this sofa can move up from a straight seating sofa towards a sofa where it becomes a chance 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 longer whereby you can sit very or relax fully uh, when you you almost um, can make a nap uh, when you lie down
And, and similarly, we do that with some of our smaller furniture who are activated in order to make these objects uh, more playful and, and educational uh, for kids. Um, I have six minutes left and I, I'm, I link it now to something I promised around flexibility. If we have to deal today with, with an environment whereby we are unsure about the future of anything, around the or built environment. Hotels, where is it going to with hotels in the future? How will we work uh, in the future differently than, than we have learned after the last year and all the difficulties we, we have to deal with, with, with um, yeah, trans, transformative uh, projects at the moment. How do we deal with the way how an office can be changed towards a housing project is is something we constantly ask ourselves while we design offices, for instance. This is a project where, whereby we already uh, in advance made sure that the shaft, uh, the places for daylight uh, could be uh, changed from working towards uh, housing. And I would say this is, this is actually coming up much more with most of the people we talk to from public clients to commercial clients, um, many buildings we designed lately, and, and you probably will uh, have seen it also in other places, uh, need to be uh, having that flexibility uh, more and more in order to make sure that you can change your layout. And that's not easy because your column system for a housing project is a totally different one than an office uh, layout, but, but you have to take it into consideration, we have noticed. And, and it was already in our genes to do that, because when, when we designed houses, for instance, in the earlier 90s or the mid 90s, for instance, this is the Moebius house, uh, this client was already quite fascinated in the idea of how one could work at home, uh, but, but in such a way that you would never feel that you're really at home uh, working, but that you enjoy to to move around the house and integrate yourself with the landscape and that working, living and being with each other, with the family would be a 24-hour circle of living whereby yeah, working is simply a part of the everyday life. And, but that it is well organized in the, in the organization of the house. And, and, you know, this client was quite, uh, uh, um, you could say, uh, yeah, they had a huge vision because both of the owners, they wanted to have their own workspace, uh, but in the best parts of the house. Um, so, um, yeah, this is a, um, honestly uh, somewhere in the mid-90s that this was uh, designed, as we all know. So, but let me come then, uh, then to the end, and that's uh, technology, as I promised. Technology is something where we strongly believe in lately that we can integrate that in our uh, built, um, uh, building, building design environment. Uh, but then we have to do it in the right way. We have to make sure that data are protected from the larger companies. So, so we should not uh, use, um, technology here, what goes to the bigger commercial com communities. 
uh, or the com commercial uh, entities. Uh, here we have data protected for the people alone, and we do that through blockchaining and through uh, cyber technology, whereby the people who are going to live in the neighborhoods here in the south of Holland are going to uh, exchange their data uh, for the community itself and to activate each other to be socially active in this uh, neighborhood. So on the level of energy reduction, if they can do that together, for instance, they they share their, their, their data on that level, uh, water usage, but also food production. If, if uh, let's say, in this community, where are we going to uh, produce close to 30% of the, or up to 60% of the food, with with the neighboring farmers, uh, here um, if if there is overproduction, then people can even earn some money of the way they can then sell their food to to other parts of the neighborhoods close by or in the com community itself. So um, technology uh, and equal exchange, as we'd like to call it, for data, is going to be part of the way how people can then have also a, a use of their own data. Um, and if you want to be part of it, then you, you, you can be in. But if, you don't, if, so, but if you don't want to be in, then you can also be not in this uh, data platform. But, but we introduce it here to make sure that the good things of life, like sustainability, circularity, uh, food production, um, social community uh, building is all uh, part of uh, the way how data is here uh, 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 being set up in a data platform and we will start soon next year with this uh, project where um, yeah we have a lot of uh, interest from many sides to 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 use this project also in other uh, parts of the world and um, uh, you know one day when I have a bit more time, I can go into the layers of how this data platform is set it up. Um, but I can tell you, it's a project what is all about learning by doing, I would say. Every day we uh, adapt ourselves to um, the way how we can refine uh, this project. And that's also how it's going to be over the next year. Because if we will discover that we have to refine some of the aspects of the data platform and the way how people live here, then we will uh, be able to um, uh, change it and then adapt it again towards uh, making it better and better. So, so thank you very much. I'd like to end here um, and then maybe we have some time for questions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ben. Covered a lot of territory there. And um, can I ask you um, about how you're looking at the world in the round now? Because it sounds like um, relatively closed communities who are connected by blockchain and their own communication system, um, methods of food production which are closely related, geographically related to where um, they're operating. This sounds like, a, in a good way, a kind of uh, medieval model of, of, of monasteries and convents. Is there an element? Is there an element of that? Maybe, may, maybe. Of course, I do. You know, this is a nice historical example, but but uh, you, you 
can of course uh, remember that yeah the smithsons you know the uh, the alder van eyck and hetzberg were similarly ha having uh, certain ideas around oil corbusier i mean they all had these ideas too uh, but but what is quite interesting today that that it's almost an urgency it's it's not anymore that it is my brief but it is the brief of uh, politicians it's look at the parents um, ac um, uh, agreement uh, look at some of the things we are now promoting in holland uh, i think it will take another maybe uh, half year or a few months and then then you know topics around circularity and going for energy neutral buildings uh, will be an, a regulation you know so 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 not not that i you know i'm not saying that i've here the solution for every um, new built environment because i mean the the the, the, pro the last project i talked about is on the outskirts of uh, eindhoven but but i do believe that some of these ideas can be also brought to the more denser areas of our cities. And I was interested in what you said about um, blockchain technology, because a lot of discussion about this in relation to financial instruments, um, yeah. to contracts. How do, how do you envisage that working with the with the communities who are going to live in this in this new ecosystem that you're creating? Well, you you probably followed a bit what went wrong in uh, Toronto eh, with Google uh, sidewalk labs. <clears throat> that that the difficulty there, and and you know I don't I can't talk about all the details because I, yeah, that's what I promised to the the ones uh, I interviewed, of course, deeply because because I. I, I wanted to learn everything from it, what went wrong there, but there, there it was literally so that the, 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 the community didn't feel that they were connected towards the setting up of this urban plan. They thought that, that it was not good, that their data of how they moved from one commer commercial entity to another was collected by another party and that they were not, uh, that they had no, call it, um, digital uh, identity as you can call it you know they they are not they were not part of it and and what i think uh, or what i believe what is quite interesting about blockchaining is that you can you can keep the data really within you can frame it and 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 wall the data and information within your own uh, community so that you can uh, make sure that you yeah that you share things openly, but then you do get something back from your neighbor uh, when it comes down to the sharing of data. So, so it's a little bit like uh, yeah, the old forms of social interaction we had in every neighborhood who was, was quite lively and active before. But, you know, it's, but in a way, I should start by arguing <clears throat> that, that, that we should also learn from the monofunctional neighborhoods who we have built in also the 60s, 70s and the 80s and the 90s. You know, we, we, we thought for a while that it didn't matter that, that you didn't have enough cafes and restaurants and, and uh, entrepreneurial spirits uh, be built up in the neighborhood itself so that, yeah, that you, you got too much of the same in, 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 in these neighborhoods where people felt that they were, yeah, 
not not socially integrated. So it's it's data here is not to be used here for for technology's sake. It's here used for improving uh, social interaction. Quite a few presentations today have referred to kind of mixed use, hybrid, uh, blended space, blended ways of living and working. Um, if there is a new normal, is it going to be this sort of holistic messiness, with no zoning, no monocultures, everything might happen in the same sorts of space? Yeah, that, that of course is uh, coming up now a lot, as you, you heard also today. Um, yeah, I, I think you see that already happening in many cities today, as you know. I mean, if you go to uh, any, uh, like for, if you move from Shanghai to Hong Kong or other places, then, then you see already these integrated, uh, intertwined, um, um, yeah, uh, programs be 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 intermingled, but but um, I cannot say if it is going to be all about that because I I think you will also see, uh, of course, uh, in the future uh, that people would like to seclude themselves. Also, you know, I um, yeah. I, I can imagine that there, there will be still be a client who likes to have his own office building like uh, Booking. Although with Booking, what, is, what I said about Booking, what is interesting that they like this hybrid between public spaces and public programs to be connected to their own uh, 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 campus. I, I thought it was quite smart because, you know, in, it generates, uh, yeah, um, yeah, recruiting less like a so 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 in a way yes maybe maybe it will happen more but then it would be happening on the left by by this uh, not just a spaghetti of all kinds of mixes that's what i want to say it's all kind of it's quite strategically it needs to be strategically developed and how do you um how do you get over that problem you identified of simultaneously designing an office building which could be easily transformed uh, into housing. Is there a simple answer to that or is it a question of just spending a bit more money to make things flexible later on? Yes, that's a good point. I mean, it's just a little bit more money. It's like with a good sustainable building, you know, I now do sometimes for my clients and counter uh, um, study of how much it costs to go a bit more energy neutral because if you if you do the right calculation then over the of let's say eight years you will you find you will money you sorry you you will discover that you will win money because uh, the essence of uh, a more sustainable project will be I mean as we all know will be creating in the future much more value as we know it today. Yeah, and, and, and this is uh, yeah, uh, something I, I believe we need to do also with flexibility. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's a bit of hard work to get the 
the structure right because that's the major problem you know the shafts the structure it's a constructive uh, problem i would almost say uh, to get the right flexibility in but but that's uh, i would say it's just a fantastic um, uh, opportunity for engineers and architects and and finally when you look at the pretty much chaos that has affected the world over the last year when you think about some of the things you've mentioned like the the degree to which loneliness has become an issue because people live atomized lives um do you feel that um architecture is a cheerful optimistic medicine um, or is it something that we just kind of need to do because we have no other choice? Wow, that's a very powerful statement. Um, I wish I had written this down. But you, 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 I, my opinion is that that it is the the, the first uh, statement you made, or the first part of the statement. I not not that I want to be, you know, the op, the endless optimist and and who doesn't see the problems of uh, what is happening in the world right now. No, I I see uh, it's devastating, and I find it also uh, quite uh, hopeless sometimes that we don't know where the end is. It it it's scary. I, you know, like you know, so so in a way, the last part of your statement I pull into the first argument. So I find it a scary time, but but don't forget that the beauty of our profession is, and 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 also what you do because you motivate us, is is that you that you as an architect, what you can do is that you can luckily enough steer with architecture, uh, human uh, life. You can bring people together through architecture. You can, like I said, you can activate people. You can motivate them. You can, you can, you can lift people up in order to um, make, give them a little bit more hope. Because what I didn't do today, but that would be another lecture. I, I, I did it a little bit with, with uh, the, the introduction of the Mercedes-Benz Museum and, and the cultural quality. I, I should have talked a little bit about, but, but to give. Also, architecture and cultural entity, and that you that you feel that you are in an environment what gives you a message, what goes beyond just a standard building, where architecture is only background. I I think is not what what I think architecture should be. Architecture should promote uh, cultural values and particularly human values. Yeah. A very, very nice note to end on. Uh, ben van Berkel, thanks so much for being with us again, uh, and good evening. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. Greetings. Thanks, thanks to the audience as well. Thanks.